Wow. I was I was holding back tears. Um you know the this season of Picard was uh solid. I didn't think it was good as the the previous season. Uh, I really really liked the previous season, the first season. I have a podcast about the whole season. Um this podcast will mostly be about the the finale um but with you know obviously what what it's it's not an episodic uh series. It's kind of one long story which which I prefer. Um as much as I loved Next Generation, um most of it was, you know, this is the mission of the di- mission of the week, mission of the day. Um it was it was the the, the episodes that that kind of went on a little longer were the ones that um that I like the most, you know, like the the best of both worlds, and um, oh, the one when Picard was held hostage by the Cardassians. What was the name of that? Oh, with the four lights, things like that. Uh, you know, the 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 two or th- sometimes the 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 two parters really. Um, so that's one thing that makes uh, Picard different than Next Generation. It's a continual episode. Um, so this season finale um while the rest of the season was okay it's just like i'm just getting tired of time traveling um like i get it it's just been done so many times in in star trek uh enterprise had a whole thing with it about the time travel police and you know it's just been so much done i i really you know part of sci-fi that i like is is looking at the future um with that said, the the season finale of Picard was was so well done. It's almost like they saved all of their <laughs> their their firepower for the last episode, and they crammed so much into it. Um, but I liked what they what they crammed um, into it from. Um, the, the 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 genesis of the pardon the pun the genesis of the 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 con project which which he kind of knew um to uh welcoming back wesley crusher he had a very brief cameo i think in um which star trek was the one the one with tom hardy in not insurrection whatever i'm forgetting everything right now because i'm so overwhelmed <laughs> with sadness um because of and it's it's you know what was done I think so cleverly that's even a word with with this season is that it built up towards the finale in such a way that you know it planted those seeds so you were aware of the the tragedy of Picard's uh, childhood which we didn't really know of before um, what a tragic figure Picard is and it's almost you know and it kind of answers the question. Why Picard wasn't successful in in long term relationships? He was married to Doctor Beverly Crusher. That didn't work out. He tried, um, and it, it it could very well go back to the relationship that he had with his mother. Um, you know, who can be better uh, than his mother? But also, you know, the pain of losing someone in in such a traumatic way uh, could make you avoid wanting to get closer to people provided, you know, you haven't had the work put in. And Picard was very stubborn when it came to um, therapy. And every once in a while he would talk to Counselor Troy, but I don't know if he ever really had um, that much uh, mental health um, guidance. But, you know, it, it, and the, the, the stakes are, are pretty high for the most part. Characters were lost. You know, you thought Elnor was was lost in the beginning, but I had a feeling he would be, be brought back just because of the whole Q factor. Um, Rios, that was an interesting surprise. You know, he, I mean, he, he didn't come back 
with the team. So he lived a life, um, you know, died, the, I guess, the way he lived. Um, uh, so at least there was an ending to the character. So there's that danger and that unpredictability that comes with um, with a show like this. And next season, there is a season three, thankfully. It's it's going to be the, the final one, so that's going to be really tough. It, they should just go on forever with Picard and, and Patrick Stewart. Uh, these characters I've grown up uh, watching, and they've really become... Especially during the pandemic, just a uh, just just a nice uh, uh, comfort, um, you know. Especially being isolated, uh, you know, <laughs> the TV characters become my friends, um, and 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 keeping me uh, company while while I'm uh, you know doing the things I I need to do, where uh, you know I I don't go out as as much as as I did. Um, due to the pandemic. So it's nice, uh, having this, that kind of company. Um, one thing, one thing that really stood out, which was kind of puzzling, um, was the whole, I can like, so it was when, when, when Agnes Girardi was both the Borg and, and Agnes and the Borg wanted to have the, the chemicals and the brain, uh, created to, so she can, so the, the Borg queen can take over. She did sing Pat Benatar from out of nowhere to where the band just started playing along, where the band was like, well, let's, we might as well go for it because here's this complete stranger singing a Pat Benatar song. I'm not surprised that the band knew it. If they're competent professional musicians, maybe they know such a classic Pat Benatar song. I'm, I'm from Long Island. I'm on Long Island, and Pat Benatar is, is from Long Island and uh, just inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame, so... Congratulations, Ms. Benatar. But um, that was that just threw me for a loop. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they could have done this in a simpler way where it wasn't so head-scratching. But, okay, all right. And not to mention the fact that it's time travel. Like, you step on a bug, it's going to change the course of time. So I guess it would just be too complicated of a story. Um, if you like time travel... And you like to read, there's an excellent, best time travel story I ever read called The Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury. I won't, it was was a terrible movie based on it, um, but definitely read the book. So, um, yeah, and and the fact that Q is there and he's a god and or omnipotent, he can kind of change things around, they can kind of explain it away. Um, it was great to see Whoopi as Guiney notes, all these old, you know, and, and even the first season Picard, you got to see all the, the older characters, which, which again, provided they're used right. I, I love that they're there, that they're there. So, um, it was great seeing, um, uh, Guinan in there, uh, again, and, uh, then the younger Guinan as well. And then they swing it back around. So, um, so like I said, it was solid, uh, you, you know, they had the problem and uh, that that Q that Q did and Q in his way, which which as touching and heartwarming as the final scenes with Q was, you know, we were led to believe he was having a kind of mental breakdown, which he very well could have. He was, you know, because he's having an existential crisis. He was in his way dying. Um, but and it was I understood the lesson he taught Picard, but to teach him in such a way to almost get him killed, to put him through this mental torture, there are nicer ways to do this, Q. And then how, you know, Picard just kind of, you know, 
forgave him in his own way. I don't know if if I could have done that if someone put me through that much. I'd be like, you know, maybe you could have done this in in a nicer way instead of uh, putting me through all that and uh, all that great stress. Um, So I I, I am both very much for that scene because I thought it was well done. It was a nice goodbye to Q and a character that that I really liked. Um, And it, it kind of explained the turbulent relationship that Picard had with him and almost like an allegory to, you know, they were they were the longest relationship they've had. They they were almost a couple in a way. So maybe in, in some way I read an article, I think it was Den of Geek or something, and they quoted the the showrunner about, you know, it was almost like a love affair between uh, Picard and Q. Not not a physical relationship, but they've just been together for 30 years. Um, but like I said, uh Q in Q's way, I would consider that uh, abuse, uh, be, because just what what he put Picard and and people who are Picard cares about through. I don't know if um, if I can completely justify that um, as much as uh, I like the Q character um, and as much interest and, and fascination I have with with the Q. Continuum. Some of my favorite episodes were were with the Q continuum and all the different Q that are out there. Um, but with that said, it, it did pull on on the heartstrings um, to to where Q said goodbye, um, and then just the overall message of reconciling with with your past. How Picard kind of uh, you know met, for lack of a better term, uh, the child, the, the, the child within him and the, 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 the child himself that went through such a, just a ridiculous amount of trauma, um, and quite the turbulent relationship, um, with, with his mother and, um, how, you know, going back into himself realized what his father and shout out to the dude from Battlestar Galactica, whose name I'm forgetting, but I'm like, who is that guy? That looks that looks familiar, and he was in Battlestar Galactica. Um, but how you know memory could play tricks on us sometimes, and how Picard uh, reconciled with the relationship with his father. So for years he thought his father did one thing, but then he realized, well, his father was protecting him um, and trying to protect his mother, who who did um, meet a tragic end um, by suicide. And um, so, yeah, like I said before, Picard's such a such a tragic figure, um, not to mention the, the the pressure and stress of being a captain and such a high ranking legendary Starfleet officer. Um, but all the trauma he's experienced, whether it's through the next generation, whether it's through the, the, the movies, uh, his experiences with the Borg, um, such a tragic character uh, and a character really um, enveloped by a lot of trauma. Um, and Patrick Stewart uh, has a familiarity with with trauma because his father was traumatized by World War II, and and Stewart was was raised in in that environment. So so Patrick Stewart is quite the advocate for um, uh, people suffering with uh, with PTSD. Um, so where does this lead? Um, so this season ended with this trans warp gate. That not even the Borg knows about, and and Agnes, um, uh, or whatever she's being called now, is um, 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, they're, they're probably going to touch on it a little bit. I, I don't think they'll have to go through the negotiations of bringing the Borg into the Federation. But that was quite the surprise, how the Borg wanted to be in, in the Federation. It was an, an evolution of the Borg. And I've always been fascinated with the Borg. And some of the best Star Trek episodes have featured uh, are the ones that that featured the Borg and how the Borg themselves evolved. Borgs are, Borg is, is a frightening, frightening enemy because uh, they very rarely can be negotiated with. They don't have emotion and they just want to assimilate you and, you know, in, in a very real sense, kill you um, to make you part of the collective where you're you're a drone and you have no individuality um, that taken to an extreme is not the best. Uh, and then at the same time, being such an individual to where it doesn't contribute to the collective, where it doesn't contribute to the greater good, that that, that can have its, its disadvantages as well. And there's a whole spectrum about this. And I think that that's a lot of those statements have been made with, with the Borg, but just such a formidable uh, foe and a frightening enemy. But it's so interesting where the, the they're run by a hive and, and by queens and um, how the queens have emotion when it comes to the Borg, but the Borgs themselves don't, the Borg themselves don't. Um, so it was interesting to have that combining of Agnes, another character who is essentially has, for lack of a better term, died or combined or evolved to this, this combination of, of Agnes and, and Borg queen where they lived 400 years to bring them back to, to that moment. That, that was, that was quite poetic and, and that was very well done. So, it's probably not going to be – it'll probably be one sentence saying, now that the Borg are in the Federation, we have to do this. But I would imagine you know, you can have a whole series just based on the negotiation of bringing the Borg into the Federation. Or maybe they won't. Maybe next season will be, why should we let these the Borg in when they've killed countless millions upon millions, billions of, of, of beings? So that's going to be good. And then you know the, the rumors – well, it's not rumors. It's been confirmed. A lot of the Next Generation cast is going to be back for season three. Like I said, I'm all for bringing – people back and nostalgia as long as it doesn't go into the realm of fan service but even if it does as long as as long as it's done well fine i'm okay with that bring people back give them a paycheck um just do it well um and we'll see if wesley crusher comes back i was never a fan of wesley crusher i love will wheaton i think will wheaton's a great actor his performance in stand by me was brilliant um i just and it was it was mostly the writing of of Wesley Crusher, uh, just a terribly written character. It was cringe for most of the times he was on. I never liked the character, and it was because of the way he was written. It was just an unrealistic character in the context of a whole crew of Federation officers, and Wesley is given all this preferential treatment, and it just didn't make sense. So I think it was a way to appeal to adolescents to watch the show. And as an adolescent, when that show came out, I wasn't. A fan, and I'm still not. I rewatched Next Generation recently, and not a fan. But it'll be cool to see Will Wheaton hopefully come back as a traveler with with Corey Soong, um, along with um, maybe the the Soongs will uh, come back in in one way or another, possibly. I don't know, but it was good to see Brent Spiner as as Soong or, or a Soong, um, and just quite the terrible, terrible character, terrible person. Um, so, so yeah, and how, but then, then it, so that just shows the side of Q that, you know, is willing to do a lot of damage to make a point, which, which brings me back to, um, 
you know, he's not the friendliest character, but I guess we knew that going into it. Um, and, and that is the, the arc and the struggle of Q. It's like, why care about these pesky, uh, humans? Um, but he does. So that is, that is the conflict within Q himself. And, uh, that's the way, um, he's been, uh, which is no excuse, but th- there was some, evolution when it came to Q, uh, just how he expressed his affection and care for Picard, um, beings that he considers just, you know, nothing to him because he's omnipotent. He did find an affection to them. I guess the way that we would look at ants or something. Um, but I myself like to not kill any ants. I like to let them do their thing. Um, may, you know, so, so if you look at it that way, it shows how Q has evolved and then what happens to him next. This is probably, I would imagine, the swan song for John Delancey is Q. Just excellent, excellent uh, performance. I do recommend there's an audio drama with the late, great Leonard Nimoy called Spock versus Q, where they have a debate. And they did this live in front of an audience and it was a lot of good fun. So, um, so yeah, so, you know... Wow, this podcast was all over the place, but it was mostly about, um, instead of just the finale, about season two, and I very much look forward to season three. So if you look forward to listening to more episodes of this podcast, feel free to subscribe, Uh, and you can find me on uh, Twitter at Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Podcast. You can email me at mmampodcast at gmail.com. And like I said, uh, like I've been saying at the end of every podcast, just uh, get your information. Picard is a man who's very well informed, and that's probably because he gets his information from credible sources. So get your information from credible sources, uh, especially now in these turbulence, the word of this podcast, and these are turbulent times. So please, please, uh, sources like New York Times, USA Today, NPR, BBC, Get your information from there as opposed to a podcaster or a blog or some sketchy kind of source that, that you know, thinks they're – that say they're telling you the truth, but, but they're really not. Stay away from the propaganda, especially now. Always, but especially now. Whew. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Bye.